two weeks ago, I believe, we started our conversation on first principles, the foundations of the doctrines of Christ in accordance with Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 and verse 2. And the first installment we talked about, we laid the, the bricks of the conversation talking about repentance and repentance from dead works. Last week, by God's grace, amazing testimonies from last week was a powerful teaching on faith and faith towards God. Faith and faith towards God. And let me just chip this in here. We've owned, these are foundational teachings. These are foundational teachings. Now that you know the ABCs, now that you know the foundations, please, wherever you see a teaching on faith, do not assume that PD has taught everything in a 45 to 50 minutes to one hour teaching. No, impossible. All right. They are generals of the faith that we have been blessed with. They've received uncommon revelation. They've, they've taught in messages. They've written books. They've left some living, some gone to be with the Lord. Those materials are here with us. You will do well to invest richly in fortifying, in establishing this knowledge that we are receiving. On the topic of faith, you can't, you, you, you can't just have that conversation without referring to generals like Kenneth E. Egan, Papa Egan. All right, any book, any material, any message you stumble upon, go there, reach out, learn more, solidify what you've learned. Kenneth Copeland, a living general in our time, Bishop David Oyedepo, they carry on common graces to communicate the revelation of faith. Our own very own senior pastor, Pastor Matthew, has an excellent resource titled Fearless Faith. These materials are there. They are there and they will bless you. So we had the conversation on faith and faith towards God last week. And by God's grace, this evening we'll be having part three. Part three. Let's go to our text, Luke chapter 6, verse 46, all the way to verse 49. This is Jesus speaking. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? He says, whoever comes to me and hears my saying and does them i will show you what that person is like it says this person is like a man that has built their house and they've dug deep they've dug deep they they didn't just start painting and roofing they've dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock and when the flood arose the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it why? Because it was founded upon a rock. Verse 49, it says, but he that hears. So the, the, the differentiator is not in the hearing, it is in the doing. But he that hears and does not is like a man without a foundation. Is like a people without a foundation. It's like a family without a foundation. It says they built the house. So externally there is no difference you have a house i have a house it's a building it's a building this might even look flashier than the one next door but that has a foundation this has nothing and we won't tell until the storms come and it does not say if the storms it says when the storms hmm. it says against which the stream did beat vehemently it says immediately it fell and the ruin of the house was great. 
And once again, I take this opportunity to pray for you under the sound of my voice that you will be a solid, well-built family. You will be a solid, well-built individual. That your life will be established on the rock, which is Christ. And that when the storms come, you will stand, you will testify like the eagle. You are so above the storms. In the mighty name of Jesus, glory to God. All right, let's go to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5, I'll read from verse 12. We are really going to Hebrews 6, 1 and 2. Hebrews chapter 5 from verse 12. It says, for when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that won't teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracle of God. You say, it says, I have become such as have need of milk. Are not strong meat. Mm. It says, For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is, whether he's male or female, all right, that person is a babe. Mm. I want to encourage you if this is the first installment you are joining us in, you will do well to go to part one and part two. It says in verse 14, But strong meat belongs to them that are full age. This is a conversation on maturity. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Hebrews chapter 6, just flip a page or swipe, swipe up for those who are using digital Bibles. It says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, part one, faith toward God, part two, of the doctrine of baptism. Boy, are we going to be blessed this evening. The doctrine of baptisms. Can someone say with me, baptisms of laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. All right, so today, today we are on the topic, baptism. Baptisms, baptisms. Father, we thank you for the anointing of your spirit. Thank you for the revelation of the truth of your word. For these words are life. These words are spirit. We are changed. We are transformed. Jesus alone is glorified. For in Jesus' name, we are prayed. Glory to God. All right, I want to do a recap. I won't do a recap. We've learned repentance from dead works. If you miss that, please visit. This is a training session. So there, is, there has to be some form of discipline in the communication of this. So we'll go straight into doctrine of baptisms. You will do well to find the teaching on repentance, the teaching of on faith. And then this evening, by God's grace, we are going into the doctrine of baptisms, of baptisms. The average believer today, once they hear baptism, they are thinking of just one thing, which is water baptism. And it will, it will interest you to discover that the author of Hebrews already nudges us to think beyond one. And he's saying there are baptisms. There are a couple of them in scripture. We will mention them. All right, if you ask the average believer what is baptism, they will tell you something or describe something similar to baptism in water. If, you, if this random believer you picked happens to be a Pentecostal, all right, 
Chances are that in addition to telling you about water, baptism, they, they may mention something else about the Holy Ghost, all right? So two, this evening, by God's grace, we will talk about three, and that's, okay, scrap that. We will, we will mention six kinds of baptisms in scripture. See, God is building us solidly here. God is building us solid. Someone is saying, "Why do I? you will discover why you need to know this. These are the foundations. The storm is coming. These are the foundations. Hmm. So we will mention six, trusting the spirit of the Lord to help us, but we will go deeply into three, into just three of the six that we will mention, trusting the Lord to help us. Let's go to our key texts for the evening, the conversation on baptisms please open with me i'm not sure it's on your screen so i need it's a training i need you to bring out your bibles or your phones or your ipads let's read god's word together romans chapter 6 please take notes some of us will need to listen again and again to this series romans chapter 6 verse 3 and verse 4 this is paul speaking to the church in rome or to the believers in Rome. This is the chapter that begins with, shall we continue in seeing that grace may abound? He says, God forbid. Let's go to verse 3 now. It says, know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Verse 4. It says, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the father even so somebody say even so even so we also should walk in newness of life glory to god i said glory to god so paul already is introducing us to the concept of baptism as a spiritual mystery that symbolizes an acknowledgement that i died i was buried but i didn't stay there just the just as the way the grave could not keep the lord and savior jesus it says we also should walk in newness of life glory to god i said glory to god all right so the big question is, what is baptism? Remember, we are talking about baptisms. But let's start with what is baptism? I have deliberately, when we talked about repentance, I didn't tell us the Greek word for repentance. That was deliberate. When we talked about faith, I didn't tell us about the Greek words for faith. That was deliberate. Glory to God. I said glory to God. All right, because the, your own language is English. And you also should begin to be hungry enough to dig out what, what does this word really mean? Spirit of God. What were you communicating here? And you are there comparing versions. You are there looking for the interlinear. Studying the Greek, studying the Hebrew. Glory to God. I said glory to God. So in very simple terms, the word baptism, it means to immerse or to dip in. To dip in fully to immerse in all right that is what the word means that automatically settles that we don't have 
kinds of baptisms with respect to maybe some is by washing or by sprinkling or by it it already settles it that if it is baptism then it must involve an immersion it must involve a dipping into fully and then a raising to the newness of life i hope someone is still with us this evening we are, we are building the bricks we are going to be very blessed this evening you want to push away all the distractions so the word baptism itself means to dip in to immerse in all right so i want you to have that across your mind as we discuss throughout this evening it's not just water however everything we will talk about will involve a dipping in an immersion in all right those of us here in the country of canada are familiar with something in the educational system called french immersion french immersion all right there, there is a there is there is that system that says that if if you're if you are just interacting with this surface as a second language there is an extent to which you will you will develop but when you are immersed in it you are taught in it it reminds me of my days in med school we had community health rural health public health you know postings and we will sit in the classroom in the city and we will learn about community health. We will learn about health education. We will learn about rural health and all of those things. We knew it. If you gave us an exam to write, we would write and we would pass. But there was a part of that program called community immersion. Now you've read it. <laughs> now you know it. You actually do know it. But now you need to go there and you are going to live in the rural settings with the people. That is what it means to be immersed. So, child of God, follow this evening as we go through the baptisms. Because of water is the most popular one, it's very easy for you to picture being immersed fully in water. But the example I've given about a French immersion, given about a community immersion, means there is a dipping in fully. If it is not dipped in fully, we cannot call it baptism. All right. So, the word means to immerse in fully and then to resurrect all right bearing with it the characteristics of what you were immersed in glory to god glory to god all right so having settled that from romans chapter 6 let's go to what is popularly called the great commission matthew chapter 28 verse 19 and verse 20 matthew chapter 28 verse 19 and verse 20 this is Jesus speaking, the resurrected Christ. He says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. But that doesn't mean countries. It means people groups. All right. We have a teaching on this. It says, Baptizing them in the name. So this is part of the, of the great commission. Baptizing them. Immersing them. All right. I want that consciousness to stick through this conversation immersing them in the name somebody's already seen the light that aha this is what jesus was talking about immersing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy ghost verse 20 it says teaching them to observe all things whatsoever i have commanded you and lo i am with you always 
even unto the end of the world. Amen and amen. Glory to God. All right. All right. So let's begin to get into it. Why are we having this conversation on baptisms? The biggest, if you needed one reason, this is good enough reason. Jesus was baptized. Jesus was baptized. It's worth talking about. It's worth learning about. The Great Commission, as we just read, commands it. It's worth talking about. The early church continued the practice of baptism. We saw it in the book of Acts. It's worth talking about. Paul, who wasn't a part of that initial move. Paul, who wasn't there in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, who, in, in his own words, described himself as, as like, like a late-born, being engrafted in, all right? Paul also baptized. In fact, he, he said it in passing when he was talking to the church in Corinth. Say, so you are saying you are Paul, you are Paulus. What, what, what are you guys talking about? How, how did you arrive at that? Did I even baptize you guys except a few? And he tells us those he could recall baptizing. So it's worth discussing about. But when, if the only thing you think, think about when you hear baptism is water, this teaching is for you. Let us go into God's word and learn. Glory to God. Glory to God. So I said we will talk about six and we will break down three of them. Do not worry. The other three, I trust the Lord. You know, you, you know God has been merciful to us. We've, 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 we have a treasure trove of resources that will bless you. A lot of the scriptures that we've, we've read, I can literally direct you to certain series. We had a series on evangelism, Go. And we talked about the Great Commission. We broke it down. I think that was last year. All right. We have another series, School of the Spirit, that will bless you. We have another spirit series, Growth is a Must, that will bless you. All right. So this is another installment. I trust God that we will have other opportunities to revisit in more detail, in more detail, a lot of these truths. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, talking about medical school, I remember in my first year, there is a reason med school is for six, seven years. And if you're in the North American system, having graduated and learned how to learn <laughs> with a first degree, then you go back to med school for four years. There is a reason it is that long. <laughs> there is a reason. If you are going to be entrusted with the bodies, all right, with bodies, we're not even talking of soul and spirit, which is the 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 poor view of the believer's influence beyond the body to spirit and soul. If humans, if human systems will ensure such meticulous apprenticeship and training to the care of the body. Why do I say that? In the first year, after a few lessons, we had just learned basic early anatomy, basic early anatomy. And we will do some clinical correlates. A lot of us felt like we had become doctors. <laughs> it was so funny. We just knew maybe just a few nerves, a few muscles, and we were just so sure. We had, we're like, what more is there to learn? We, we already know this thing. <laughs> All right. So I say that to encourage someone. We will revisit. We will dig deeper. We will learn further. All right. We will learn further by his grace. Glory to God. The first baptism that we want to mention is the baptism of John. 
the baptism of John. The baptism of John. I will mention them. I will give us scriptures and we will pick only three that we will delve into in detail as the most critical for you and I to be very vast in. However, we will mention, I'm not saying there are only six across scripture. There are more baptisms. There are more baptisms. Glory to God. So number one, for those writing, for those connecting with their hearts, number one, the baptism of John. The baptism of John. The baptism of John. Matthew, Matthew chapter 3 from verse 4 to verse 8. Matthew chapter 3 from verse 4 to verse 8. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loins. And his meat was locusts and wild honey. That's saying his food. Verse 5. Then went out to him Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region round about Jordan. Verse 6. Please pay attention. And were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. Confessing their sins. All right. Please follow. This is the first one. We are mentioning this one. We are not breaking it down. The ones we will break down, if indeed baptism is immersion, we will answer a couple of questions for the ones we will break down. First is, who is doing the immersing? Second is, who is being immersed? Third is, what are they immersed in? And the last deliberation in the ones we will go deep in is, so if this baptism is unto newness of life, unto what? Is that baptism? What's the purpose? We will answer those for three out of these. But for these, please follow. And if you read the scriptures, you can even answer those questions for some of the ones we won't delve into in detail. That would be a nice project if this were a um, training institute, which it is, which it is, which it is. Glory to God. It says in verse 6, And they were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. Verse 7 says, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Verse 8, he says, bring forth therefore fruits that are meet for repentance. So the baptism of John is the first one we will mention because it is important for you to know it was a baptism of repentance. And this is not the repentance we talked about. This was a baptism of repentance, all right, to the people, to the Jews in preparation for the coming of the Messiah. We've already answered part of the question. So who was baptizing? You already know it's John. In what? In water. Who? The Jews. Why? In preparation for the coming of the Messiah. All right. We already touched that, which is good for someone listening. All right. So that's the first one. The second one is one I will touch on and I will refer back to this later down in this series when we are talking about rewards and crowns. All right. Mm. The second one is a baptism. Please, every time you hear the word baptism, think immersion. 
deepening. The second one is a baptism of suffering. A ba- this is scriptural. I will give us scriptures, but the ones that are most critical to us, we will delve deeper. Baptism of suffering. An immersion in suffering. Matthew chapter 20, verse 20 to 23. Matthew chapter 20, verse 20 to 23. It says, Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons. So this mother was being very sharp. And she came with her sons, which suggests to us that these were young guys when they were following Jesus. Hmm. Worshipping him and desiring a certain thing of him. So what was their desire? What, what did this mother want for her sons who they were just consumed with this rabbi who was doing miracles and healing the sick and that was just all they wanted to do? For those who have forgotten, her two sons were James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Verse 21, and he said unto her, what will, so this is Jesus talking to their mom. What would you have me do? And she said unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit, one on your right hand, the other on your left hand, in your kingdom. Wow. What a request. (laughs) What a request. And Jesus is so amazing. Look at his response. Verse 22. But Jesus answered and said, Jesus says, You have no idea what you have just asked for. You have absolutely no idea he says you know not what you ask you my right hand my left hand in my kingdom and he says are you able to drink of the cup that i shall drink of so in scriptures this is called the cup of suffering or or in the words of the apostle paul the fellowship of his suffering this is a this is the this is a very high calling for a selected few that will be privileged to be able to say i i was in dipped in suffering for my lord and savior you know this generation we we people wake up in the morning and say well mm, um this there's a dot on my shirt i'm not going to church you know I just try to do evangelism. I, I can't bring myself down to doing things like that. And we have people, we have people who were flogged, people who were killed, people who were assassinated. In 2021, people having services on the ground. Think about it. God is faithful, and that faithfulness has implications. Paul, having understood this, he got to a point, he said, that I may know him. That I may know him. That I may know him. And the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, the, the, the immersion be made conformable unto death. That's a deep scripture. Maybe the Lord will, will, will permit us to break it down some other day. So Jesus is telling their mom, he's saying, <laughs> see, Mom, mom, do you know what you're talking about? There, there is a cup. That, that reward, that I place you are asking for is connected to something. It's connected to an immersion. And it doesn't have to be everybody, but those who will be immersed in that immersion, they ain't just going to be... <laughs> All right. You know the funny thing they told Jesus? They said, cup of suffering, we are able. 
So what was Jesus' response? Verse 23, and he said unto them, you will indeed drink of this cup and be baptized, immersed with this baptism that I am baptized with, the way I will suffer. Remember James, the first of the apostles to be killed. Remember John, who Bible scholars tell us he was, he was dipped in hot boiling oil. He resisted death. He was banished to an isolate. See, there's something called, uh, what do psychologists call it now? Um, when people are sent to, to solitary confinement, solitary confinement, it is extremely mentally torturing to be the only human being in a place. To be the only human in a place. John was banished to an island. Was, the whole idea is if your body will not bear this pain, if you won't die, your mind will feel the pain, the torture. You will hear voices. You will see things. You will literally go bonkers. That was the plan of that punishment. It was on the island of Patmos. He, met, he had a revelation of the lover of his soul, Jesus. And the dear book that we have in our Bibles today was captured in such situations. And those of us coffee-drinking, burger-eating believers of 2021 also want to go and sit at his right hand. It says, It is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my Father. We are not digging deep, but if you look closely, you can already see who is doing the baptizing here? Jesus is saying, my father will, he has something for those who have gone through this. Who are those? The faithful believers that have undergone suffering, severe persecution that have, that have been immersed in it. All right, we're making good progress so far. Number three is baptism into Christ. This one, we want to deal, we want to go into it. So I will come back to it. This is the way I'm led. To, to go, to go. I could have just brought the first three to the top, but please, I, this progression is important. Just note it. We will come back to baptism into Christ. Number four, water baptism, very key. We will talk about that in detail, answering those questions with scriptures. Number five is baptism with the Holy Spirit, very critical. We will talk about that. And number six is baptism of fire. Baptism of fire. This is an interesting one. I'm tempted to go further on this one, but we will stick to the three that we'll talk about. Baptism into Christ, water baptism, and baptism with the Holy Ghost. So let's say something quickly about baptism of fire. Baptism of fire. This is interesting. And for Pentecostals, a lot of people might not like this part, but this is scripture and scripture. Accurate scriptural understanding is important. Baptism of fire. Now that we know what baptism means, it means immersion, dipping into fire. That doesn't sound like something that is for the believer. No child of God is designed to or should desire or should pray. Oh, Father, baptize me with your fire. God, fortunately for us, God sees your heart. And he understands your request. So it's just the way you have a child, a little child who is learning to talk, <laughs> learning to pronounce. And he's saying, I want atta, 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 atta. You know that you won't go and give that child atta. You give the child water. 
or a water, as the kids here say, water. All right, you give them the right thing, not what they've spelled or what they've asked for. The baptism of fire is a dimension of judgment, not for the believer. It is for the ungodly. And this is clear in scripture. And I'm trusting God that one day we will have someone is saying, no, PD, I will not accept that. I've been enjoying the teaching so far. I know the Lord has set fire up in my bones. That is scriptural. That is fire in your bones. Not you immersed in fire. Oh, as they were in the upper room, the, the Holy Spirit came, clothing tongues as of fire upon them, not them immersed in fire. Oh, I was at let God arise and PD just said under the anointing of the spirit, Holy Ghost, fire, comfort. And we saw someone literally acting like they were burning. All right, that's the fire coming on, not them immersed in fire. The baptism of fire is not for the believer. So, scriptures, because this is not even our main focus. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3. I'll read 3 and 4 and jump to verse 7. This is the apostle Peter admonishing us by the Spirit. He says, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days, in these days, he says, he calls them scoffers, walking after their own lusts, sounds like my day, and saying, where is the, this Jesus you guys have been talking about? Our ancestors said Jesus is coming soon. Our great-grandparents said Jesus is coming soon. Our parents said Jesus, in fact, some did permutations and combinations and some accurate calculus to approximate the time our parents said so we are here we are now having our own children and we are still saying jesus is coming soon when is he coming is it not time you guys smelt the coffee and see that this is fiction and move on with your lives peter says scoffers in the last days verse 4 saying where is the promise of his coming for since the fathers fell asleep all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. We are just, you know, evolving. You know, technology is advancing. You know, we're having focus project 2050, 2100. Scientists are already telling us what life will look like in, in the year 20, in the year 20, am I saying the numbers? Well, 2220, all right, 2220. You know, advances, flying cars, self-driving. This is your Jesus packet somewhere. Please let me jump to verse 7. It says, But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word are kept in store. Somebody say in store. Wow, the word of God is so beautiful. Kept in store, reserved unto fire, against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. If you have a paper Bible, underline ungodly men. If you have a digital Bible, I like the verse. It says there is a, there is a fire reservation for, ungod, for the ungodly. For the ungodly. For the ungodly. Child of God, if the baptism of fire is not for you. Someone is saying, PD, PD. I need that. I have one scripture in my notes here. But I sent someone struggling, 
struggling. So let me give you one more scripture. It's not in my notes. Scriptures are not on your screen anyways. So you open your Bible to Luke 3, 16. Luke chapter 3, verse 16. All right? Please permit me to paraphrase. This is John the baptizer speaking. He says that I, John, all right, I am baptizing you with water unto repentance. He says, but there is one mightier than I. He says, when he comes, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. That is the line that has inspired his father, baptize me with the Holy Ghost and fire. Those are two things in one. PD, how do you know it's two things? Verse 17. Verse 17. It says that this, this one mightier than I will have like a fan in his hands to separate the wheat from the shaft. Can you see that? The godly from the ungodly. One unto eternal glory, another unto eternal damnation. It is true that God wants fire burning on your altar, scriptural. Fire burning in your bones, scriptural. The Holy Ghost setting you ablaze for Christ, scriptural. But an, in, an immersion in fire is not for the believer. Somebody say glory to God. All right. In the brevity of the time that we have left, don't be scared. We'll cover it just the way we've done with this tree. We will talk about the other three baptisms that are very important for the believer to be vast on. If anyone stopped you, you should be able to with scripture. Just the way now you can tell them about repentance from dead works. Now, the way you can talk about saving faith, the fruit of faith, the gift of faith, the spirit of faith, and the process of walking in that victorious life for the believer. In the same way, you should be able to talk confidently about baptisms somebody say glory to god all right so baptism into christ or baptism in the holy spirit now i don't want to confuse us by saying one is baptism in the holy spirit one is baptism with the Holy Spirit, but because I know you are writing and taking notes, we are talking about baptism into Christ. Baptism into Christ. Baptism into Christ. Acts chapter 19 from verse 1 to 5. Powerful scripture. We talked about this in repentance. We're talking about this today with baptisms. We will talk about this with laying on of hands. Glory to God. Acts chapter 19. All right, from verse 1 to verse 5. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coasts, came to Ephesus. So the setting here is Ephesus. He found certain disciples. We will later discover that there were 12 of them. He said unto them, a very direct question, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. So this is, this is imagine that there's level one, there's level two, and there's level three. Paul, please follow. I believe this will help someone. Paul is saying, have you moved from level two to level three? He's saying you believed. Have you received the 
Holy Ghost since you believed, since you experienced level two? Have you progressed to level three, experiencing an infilling of the Spirit? That was the frame of his question. They said, we've not heard about this Holy Ghost. So Paul is saying, I thought you were in level two. I was going to confirm that you had reached level three, but now we are going to level one. So he asked in verse 3, so what then, unto what then were you baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism. Ah, we, we thought you were on level 2. So you're on level 1? Okay, at least you're not, you not on level 0. All right, so you understand the basics of changing your ways. There's a Messiah coming, so you had to tell the, the, that baptism that was preparing the way, the way has arrived. That Messiah has come. He has died. He's been buried. He's alive. Verse 4. Then Paul said, John verily baptized with the baptism, immersion of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe, they should believe on him which should come after him that is on Christ Jesus. He says, when they heard this, so literally saying that in that conversation, Paul preached Christ. Because he told them that one who should come, he has come. He preached Christ to them. And hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hearing this, they left level one and arrived at level two. This is baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus. Or baptism into Christ. Baptism into Christ. This is what happened the day you and I, true faith, by grace, accepted the lordship of Jesus. The day you believed the, the gospel that he's not the one coming, he has come. He's not the one coming to die, he has died. He's not the one going to be buried, he has been buried. He's not the one going to resurrect as the scriptures say, no, he has resurrected already, he's alive today. The day you believed that, what happened to you is that you were baptized into Christ. And that was possible by the Holy Spirit. So that is why it is called baptism in the Holy Spirit or baptism into Christ. Somebody say glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Hmm. This is profound. This, this gives the, the Great Commission new meaning. There's more to immersions than water. This is what happened to you and I. Remember the questions we said we will answer. Who is the person doing the immersion? Who are they immersing? In what are they being immersed? Why are they being immersed? So what are they rising to? What newness are they coming to by virtue of that immersion? Mm. This is beautiful. This is, a, this, is a, this is a glorious confirmation that every believer who is saved has encountered the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, whether you now choose to stay at level two, it says since you believed, since you believed, you might not know, but that you're believing, that, that level two experience, it was made possible by the Holy Ghost. It was made possible by the Holy Spirit. Jumping the gun a bit now to answer those questions, but let's just go to one more scripture. First Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13. First Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13. This is Paul making it clear now so that having this scripture and having the previous scripture, we can now answer those questions. It says, for by one spirit, for by one spirit, 
So that, in, that answers the questions. Who is the one doing this baptizing? It is the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit. Every believer, as he picks us out of our sin, as we receive by grace, through faith, that believing in the sacrifice of Christ, the Holy Spirit baptizes us. He immerses us into Christ. It says, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles. Remember, level one was only for Jews. Level one was the baptism of John. It was only for Jews. No, Gentile? <laughs> In the Jordan? Messiah? Unless they were proselytes. Proselytes were converted Jews. It says, Paul was deliberate about his words in this verse. It says, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. All right. All right. All right. So it is, it is we mentioned this in School of the Spirit's teaching, if you are born again. You've already encountered the Spirit of God. Don't be in further denial of the Spirit of God. Don't, this is not a denominational issue. I don't believe in speaking tongues. I don't want to have anything to do with the Holy Spirit. But you are born again. Guess who made your born again experience possible? Someone is saying, I'm, I'm born again because Jesus died and he rose again. So how did Jesus rise again? Romans 8, 11. How did Jesus rise again? If, if it indeed is, remember, it's a death, a burial, and a, without resurrection, there is no gospel. There is no born, a, the old idea of being born again is raised, rising to a new life again. Who made that possible? Stop. I don't know who this is for. Stop fighting the ministry of the spirit. Don't stay at level one. Definitely don't stay at level two. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. So, Let's answer the questions. Who does this immersion? Baptized by the Holy Spirit. Who are the people being immersed? Believers. Believers. What are we immersed in? What are we dipped in? It's obviously not water. We are dipped in the message of the gospel. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ, if you believe that, that is what you've been dipped in. The, 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 the message, the power of the gospel, Romans 1.16 calls it. Why? What, what's the purpose of that dipping in to make you become officially a part of the body of Christ? You're now his body. You're now his body. Anyone that touches you, if you have this, you, you can see the life application of this. It's not all just lectures. There's no exam to write. There's no certificate we are giving you. These are the things you go, you know, with. And say, Father, thank you for illumination by your spirit. I am saved. Blood was shed for me. I have been baptized by your spirit into your body. Whoever is touching me, it's not just me they are touching. They are touching your body. That consciousness, it gives you a, a degree of security. It gives you a degree, a degree of confidence in the sacrifice of the atoning sacrifice of the Lamb of God for you. I am a part of his body. I am a part of his body. I am a part of this wonderful kingdom. I have been baptized by the Spirit in the foundation of the gospel into his body. 
I am a part of his body. I am a part of his body. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Hmm. Let's cover the next one very quickly. The most popular, the, the one that most people will think of once, once they hear baptism. Water baptism. Water baptism. By the title of it, we've already answered one of the questions. In what are you immersed in water? In water. In water. In water. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. There are many scriptures. This is really what most would reckon as baptism in water. Many scriptures. By the Spirit, I'm led to take us to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8 verse 27. Acts chapter 8 verse 27. I heard, I, I heard the story of a, ver, of, a, of a man of God who is well known all over the world. He was already preaching the gospel, already teaching, receiving invitations to speak. And he had gone to a place to speak where another speaker spoke about water baptism. He had never seen water baptism like that. And he as a pastor, as a guest, esteemed minister, told his host, please, having heard this message today, I want to be baptized. They thought it was just, ah, no, man of, he said, man of what? I want to be baptized today. With this understanding, with this revelation, see the heart of humility. Acts chapter 8, verse 27. And if you're under the sound of my voice, what happened to you was you, you experienced sprinkling. You now know that you've not been immersed. And if you've been immersed, I'm not saying you need another immersion, but grow in this knowledge of the implication of what happened to you. Acts chapter 8, verse 27, verse 28. And he arose and went. So this is talking about Philip. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure. So let's say the minister of finance. Had come to Jerusalem to worship was returning and sitting in his chariot read Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, go near and join yourself to this chariot. Let me jump to verse 35 because of our time. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture in Isaiah and preached unto him Jesus. This is beautiful. Boy, oh boy. God, see, these are the people God is raising in this ministry. If you are reading Genesis, and Genesis is all you have, we will preach Jesus to you. If you are reading Exodus, Exodus is all you have, we will preach Jesus to you. If you are reading Leviticus, Numbers, Nahum, Zach, someone said Nahum. <laughs> he, he didn't say, wait, that Isaiah, hold on, let me take you to... He said, right there, Jesus, the scriptures about him. The scriptures about Jesus. And the, these guys were obsessed with preaching Jesus and nothing else. There was something about that message that this new convert understood enough the importance of identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Look at whose suggestion 
its words in verse 36. As they went on their way, Philip dissecting the scriptures, unveiling Jesus, light dawning, revelation breaking forth, the spirit of God convicting his heart. This man said, boy, oh boy, I've been carrying this scroll about reading this thing. Scholars tell us this is how the script, the, the, the gospel, the, the gospel of Christ entered into the continent of Africa by the spirit as they went on their way, they came onto a certain water. And the eunuch said, see. The eunuch said, see. Here is water. What hinders me now from being immersed? I want to make it public. I want to make it public. Remember, the baptism into Christ is a decision you can make in your room. It's a decision you can make on a deathbed. It's a decision you can make on a cross. Someone is remembering who made that decision on the cross. Yes, on the cross, it was baptized into Christ. All right, it's a decision you can make anywhere, but there comes a point where beyond making that decision, where that act, all of that activity is spiritual, is supernatural, that born again experience. As Jesus lectured Nicodemus, he said, You are being born of water and of the spirit. That is a supernatural experience, but there is a physical public announcement to it saying this is what has taken place in my spirit but i want everyone to know i want the heavens to know i want the earth to know i want let there be an everlasting witness that i have died to the world i have died to my sins i have left egypt and i am not going back there therefore i am making this public public display this is an identification this is not what got me saved this is not what takes me to heaven, no. My salvation or my baptism into Christ secures my eternal salvation. I am therefore making this public announcement to anyone who cares to know, to my friends, to my family, to demons, to angels, to heaven, to hell, everybody that I have been crucified with him. Nevertheless, I live glory to God. He says, there's water here. Nothing is stopping me. I don't need to wait till I get. And this is a lesson to us church leaders people get born again and we start everlasting lectures philip had a session one class one class got him baptized one class peter in the house of cornelius one session in fact they even received level three infilling of the spirit before they did water Verse 37, and Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, let's settle that you've, you've done level two. Thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. He believed it in his heart. He, he said, confessed with his mouth. This is salvation. And then he commanded the chariot to stand still and went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he immersed him. That is water baptism. That is water baptism. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right, let's answer our questions, our questions that show that we understand this immersion. Who is doing the dipping in? Who? Someone just said PD. <laughs> or one of the pastors. Well, Philip was not one of the pastors. wasn't one of the apostles. He was a believer. So, Every believer, remember the Great Commission, go ye. If you can go, then you should teach, you should preach, you should baptize, if you can go. 
of course, in the setting of a church, we have leaders that we give that responsibility to baptize. And I'm looking forward to our water baptism sessions here in KICC. It's going to be amazing that you are now making an announcement to the world. It's not, it's not, it's already happened in your heart. You've believed, you've received Christ. If on the way to the beach, on the way to that pool, Christ comes, Christ is not saying, hey, 10 more seconds, they're about to contact water. No, what guarantees your salvation has already taken place. But now you're going a step further to make an announcement. And that announcement has implications. That announcement has implications. That announcement for, for a lot of people on the day, they, for those with understanding on that day, they take a new name. Some take a new name. Some see it as an opportunity to discard some funny name that honors some idol or some entity that their family has bowed to. And they said, now this is a new me coming out publicly. I'm adopting a new name. You can see that this is for people who believe, not for babies. So who is doing the immersing believers? Who are they immersing? A believer that believes but has not been immersed. I hope, I hope this is not getting confusing. In what are they being immersed? We know. In water. Symbolic of death, burial, and resurrection. What is the purpose? What is the essence of this? It's not salvation. It is separation from the world. Goodbye, world. I stay no longer with you. I've made up my mind to follow Jesus the rest of my days. That announcement is what water baptism is about. Glory to God. I said glory to God. I think we have been prudent with our time as we go to the final one this evening. By God's grace, you are, you are already strengthened. You are already built up. You already know about baptisms. You already know about the concept of immersion. You already know about the baptism of John. You already know about the baptism of suffering, even though it's just a bit. You already know about the baptism of fire. You already know about baptism into Christ, done by the Holy Spirit. You already know about water baptism. And then as we, we, as we tie this up this evening, baptism with the Holy Spirit. Baptism with the Holy Spirit, hmm. Acts chapter 2, I'm sure you knew the scripture before I mentioned it. Acts chapter 2 from verse 1 to verse 4. Acts chapter 2 from verse 1 to verse 4. It says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. It says, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them and they were, oh, I love this. Please underline this in your Bible. On, I like this in your notes, whatever you have in your hands. And they were all filled and they were all immersed and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, only that this time there is a product of that experience, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Glory to God. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. You know, this is really the question Paul had for those guys in Ephesus, those 12 guys. 
This was the real question. He's saying, you're probably on level two. I want to shift you into level three. I want to show you a dimension that makes power. I'm jumping the gun now. But as a believer, you're not just a, you're not just a, a, a scholar. You're not just an academic. You are a carrier and a dispenser of power. However, if you remain on level two, you are going to be a theologian with due respect with no power to show for it. And Paul was reaching out to them, guys, there is work to be done in Ephesus here. I can't do it alone. And if you are going to work with me, I need to be sure where you are. Do you have power? Do you have power? There are going to be guys that will have to bring out their charms and their, and their books and to burn them. We are going to have to deal with beasts in this city. We are going to have to cast out demons. We are going to have to heal the sick here. I better know who I'm working with. Have you got power? Have you got, I don't know who is under the sound of my voice, that ministry that the Lord has called you to. Are you sure those people have got power or they have nice accents? They are followers on Twitter. They have nice voices and you're you sure oh, the choir is set, the prayer team is set. And, and, and the question is, is there power? We, re we read Acts 19, 1 to 4. Let's see how that story ends. He says, and when Paul had laid his hands upon them, having preached Christ to them, having ensured there was, I'm sure maybe later if they see water, they will do the water one for the public announcement. But having experienced, having been baptized into Christ, having been baptized in the Holy Ghost, it was now time to be baptized with, to be immersed in, to experience the feeling of the Holy Spirit. He says, Paul laid his hands upon them. In Cornelius' house, Peter didn't have to lay his hands. He says, while he yet spoke, the Holy Spirit came. And we heard them speak. This baptism, if you've experienced it, you will speak. If you've been dipped in. Remember what we said about immersion? Not if you just flashed by, if you studied it, if you can teach it. Mm -mm. If you've been dipped in it, you will speak. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about 12, just enough to turn the old city upside down. 12 men with power. The family, I don't know who's on at the sound of my voice. You have been quickened, you have been stirred up as you hear this. I've been immersed. I've been dipped. What I experienced is not just, it's not just, Because this is very critical for the church today. Please permit me as we round up to give you one more scripture reference. And then we answer the questions. One more. And this is, let's listen to Jesus. What Jesus said about this experience. Jesus spent a lot of time talking about the spirits. Talking about the time of his living. When you study John 14, John 15, John 16, John 17. But he gives us a description of this immersion experience in John chapter 7. John, there's a stirring up in my spirit right now. John, I just want to bust into, I need to just, you know, control and, and just do this teaching so that on the other side, someone there is now doing the busting in. John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If 
and I can imagine Jesus. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believes on me as the scripture has said. He that believes on me as the scripture. That I will die, I will be buried, I will be resurrected. He that believes on me. He that is baptized into me by the spirit and has received salvation. And has become a part of my body. He says these ones. He says something will happen to them beyond level two. These ones will be able to progress to another level. He says out of their belly shall flow rivers of living water. In parentheses, verse 39, he's saying that lest you misunderstand what Jesus is saying, but this speak ye of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Mm. Out of your bellies. If you be immersed, something will flow. You will speak. Something will flow. Like a river, glory to God. Like the vision of Ezekiel. It says it will begin to trickle from the temple, from the body, from the temple. Know ye not that your bodies, it begins to trickle there and begins to flow. It begins, and hear me, as a child of God, if you are going to experience the fullness of this possibility, of this experience, of, of, of rivers, not just trickles, rivers flowing out of your belly. All right, you are going to have to learn to allow the rivers flow for a long time. Paul told us the secret. He says, I am writing to a church. I know there are lots of you, you pray, I've trained you well, but I can tell you under every circumstance, I pray in tongues more than all of you. He's saying, boy, what is flowing here is beyond the ankle level, is beyond the knee level, is beyond the waist level, is beyond the shoulder. I'm dipped in this. This is my default. And some believers get this, even though there's the, there's the sensationalizing of it where there's no power. It's just empty words. It's, it's, it's confabulated syllables. But boy, is this immersion real? Is this power real? That we can experience rivers flowing in the words of Papa Egin. He says you do this in the first hour, second hour, third hour, fourth hour. At some point after, you now begin to break the gushers. So when he's saying second hour of what? And I pray for you, that fire hmm, is not immersed. That fire that will keep you burning. It will fall on you. That you, you will be able to stay. You will not just close, close shop with trickles. You will not just close shop with wet feet. You will not just say, oh, I'm, di I'm deep enough. No. It, it, we are designed to be immersed in this. Boy, oh boy. For those of us who have experienced this in just 30 seconds, can you just pray in the language of the Spirit and let the river flow. Let the river flow. You schedule it in your day. For those with smart watches, you can set reminders. You don't need a smart, no, no excuse. You can be deliberate. That's Paul could say, I do this more. I'm permitting the river to flow. It's in me. There's power in me. Act on it and you will receive power. Every believer, ideally, every believer, not just our prophets, not just our apostles, not just our pastors, every believer, if we get this, if we understand this immersion, we should be dispensers of, of rivers of life flowing to the nations. Power! After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Hmm. So let's tie this up. Let's tie this up. Who does the baptizing? The Holy Spirit. Who is being immersed? 
believers who have confessed Christ have experienced the gospel. What are they immersed in? You, 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 you answered, excellent. The Holy Spirit immerses us in the Holy Spirit. That's the uniqueness of this experience. He's saying, I've immersed you into the body. Now you are born again. Paul is saying, have you, have you now gone further? Or have you parked there? Have you gone further? Or have you parked there? And even in going further, are you at, the, are you, are you at trickles level? Are you at ankle level? I don't know who this message is to quicken. Have you stayed at the knee level? Have you for, uh, your, your days of, 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 of sojourning in the spirit, are they only in past tense? Oh, I remember when we were on campus and we will go to, my own days, we will go to the field. I don't know what your campus looked like. And we will stay there and pray overnight. Yeah, it's great to have those past experiences. But it calls this living waters, not stale waters. There, there, there be a quickening as this word, these this words that speak spirit and life. Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit baptizes believers, dips us in himself, the Holy Spirit. Unto what purpose? For power. For power. For power for power i am a carrier of his glory i am a carrier of his power i permit the rivers to flow not just trickling it says that we heard them speak we heard them speak we heard them speak glory to god come on wherever you are just take a minute and say thank you father for your word thank you for illumination by your spirit baptisms we are not just informed but we are edified we are not just better educated but we have been empowered by the spirit to now have this consciousness that i am a member i am a critical part of the body of christ if he's seated i am seated there wherever he is i am there whatever he has achieved i have achieved this consciousness alone secures victory for you on many levels and he says i don't want you to stay there there is there is an experience where the rivers can begin to flow thank you jesus thank you gracious father we give you all the praise be thou exalted for in jesus name we have prayed in Jesus' name, we have prayed. Please, before we round up this evening, I want to pray with someone under the sound of my voice. Listening now. Listening live. Listening at some other time. And you've not experienced Jesus. Maybe you're on level zero. You've not even changed your ways. On your own level one, you, you've just become better behaved. But you've not received salvation. Better behavior saves no one. Morals <laughs> saves no works guarantees nothing you have to be baptized into christ accepting that jesus died he was buried is alive today believing it in your heart confessing it with your mouth that's the first step to come into him to come into him coming to him you're saying no i'm not the kind of person that does church i'm not the kind of person god forgives you are the exact kind of person he came for for while you were a sinner while i was in my sin christ died for me he demonstrated his love i want to pray with you this evening please say with me lord jesus lord jesus i believe you are the son of god i believe you shed your blood for me. I believe you died on the cross. You took away my sins. You were buried in the grave and you are alive today. I received the fullness of your life 
I receive the life, the abundant life that you promise. I confess you as Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for my salvation. For in Jesus' name we are prayed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I agree with your sons and daughters who have made this decision, some for the first time, some rededicating their lives, that there will be a multiplication of grace and an empowerment by your spirit to live a victorious life, to love you and to serve you all the rest of their days. Thank you, gracious Father, because it is done. For in Jesus' name, we are prayed. Come on, wherever you are for the amazing time we just had in God's presence, for the salvation of souls, for the illumination, for the scales of the eyes of many. Jam those ends together. Give the Lord a big shout. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give via email at info, I-N-F-O, at kicccanada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you are a champion. God bless you.